Yeah. All right. Let's do this, bro. Let's do it. So welcome back to the Dynasty Trades HQ. How does Mike do it? And we're <laughs> welcome. <back. laughs> yeah. That's for the patient show, right? And welcome to another episode of Dynasty Trades HQ. You'll notice that Mike Sykes is not here with us tonight. I am Jeremy Broen. You can find me at Dynasty Madman on the Twitter box. I'm here with the guy who never misses a show, maybe twice ever in five years, Shane Manila, at Shane is the worst. How are you, my best friend? What is going on? I am at Shane is the worst, like you just exactly said. <laughs> so there's really no reason for me to chime in. I'm excited to be here. Football season is... Well, let's see this time one week, week away yeah it's like next thursday we will be watching the game um it'd be cool if we record the show while we're watching like we've I, done in the past we've done that the uh, last year was when we really started doing that and i enjoyed it watching the game from the sofa yes. while while podcasting and uh talking in the patrons chat dude you were like the sexiest sideline reporter ever I mean, you would just like, hey, hey, yeah. hold on, yeah. this just in, and you know, you'd give us what happened on the play, and I'd I'd be on a delay for some reason, I'd catch it in the background, but we had a lot of fun. I, I'm looking forward to this season. I can't believe we're finally a week away. Oh goodness gracious! Already to start setting lineups, um, and already, I already looking, did. <laughs> I'm already looking forward to losing in all the eliminators I'm in. Like I, I know, wanna, <laughs> I just, just want to get out, get out of them. Thank everyone for their time and then just leave the DM thread. So it was fun. It was my pleasure to donate my money. Um, I clearly I drafted too early in the offseason. Can we do this like the week before the season next time? I know. I know. It's it's fun, though. Drafting is always fun. So we don't we don't have a lot of news, right? I know, man. I mean, that, and, let me, what do you let got? Me, let me re rephrase that. Right. So we do have some news and news is brought to you by campus Use promo code. HQ save 10% on campus to canton.com. Great site. Um, and if anyone uh, is playing CFF or Debbie, well, CFF really, if you're playing C2C leagues or if you're playing CFF leagues, yeah. last week was week zero. Um, <laughs> yes. Yeah. And then this week is week one when all the teams are going to be playing. So yeah, hit up campus to Canton, use uh, promo code HQ, make sure you're using their rankings because I'll be using those rankings uh, uh, a lot. Uh, yeah, great guys over there. Yeah, yeah. Whole staff is awesome. So we got a little news. Russell Wilson, <laughs> uh, he's got a billion dollars. I think it was roughly what the contract was I for. I mean, by the time he's done playing football, yes. Yes. But that's not what he actually signed for, right? He didn't get a billion, I don't think. Not all at once. I think it's, you know, extrapolated. If you do that over, like, his next 10 years of play, he's going to be, like, uh, the next uh, Elon Musk, I think. So he gets a five-year, $245 million extension. I don't think there was absolutely any concern that he was <laughs> going to be in Denver after they gave up everything for him. And we, he is one of those guys that we kind of thought was going to be playing until he's 40. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's been relatively healthy, and there's no concern that he'll ever be broke or homeless because he's got lots of uh, jack. But I'm excited about him in Denver. I think some of the things we were concerned with back in Seattle, um, you know, will be no more. I like the way the ball flies through the air and, you know, a mile off the uh, sea level there. I, I'm looking forward to it. I think it's going to be a great wow. season for that team, buddy. I didn't even, you know, I didn't even think about the sea level thing, man. You can punt, you can kick. Uh, field goals and punt 
I wonder how that's going to affect his deep ball, that lollipop that he throws. Are we going to see a 90 yarder into the bread basket? I mean, he used to have an arm, dude. I mean, that was a, you know, like Mahomes, those guys were future. Well, they were, they were prospects for the uh, MLB too. I mean, these guys could throw the heat. They don't have weak arms. So, uh, you know, it, it can't hurt, but it's funny that he got that reputation. A guy who, you know, played baseball and threw some freaking heat. Um, I think a lot of that stuff, you know, is we 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 build too much on. It. Remember the Deshaun Watson stuff, like when he was coming out, how slowly he threw the football. I don't yeah. know that that ever was a problem in NFL football. How how slow he threw the football because he was like a top five guy a couple times. So you know you got to be careful with that kind of stuff. Does he play well? And and you know we have a lot of exciting things. I'm glad the season's a week away. The news this week was a little disappointing. Guys got cut that we liked, you know, and they'll probably end up on taxi squads. That always happens. You're like, man, my last round pick fizzled. Eh, whatever. It's gonna happen. Yeah, look, I, Kevin Harris was a guy that I drafted in a lot of different leagues. Love that guy. He's yeah. gone. I don't even know where he ended up. I don't care. Tyler, every Tyler that was drafted, Tyler Goody. Tyler Badson or Goodson. Yeah, uh, Tyler Beatty, Tyler, Tyler Goodson, all Goodson, the Tylers. All the Tylers <laughs> just got cut. Uh, do, 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 if you were hoping that uh, Kennedy Brooks was going to be a thing, the Eagles right, were like, man. nah, son. And he was a UDFA. But and just for shit, shits and giggles, I'll just bring it up. The Eagles did sign Trey Sermon. Yeah, they even liked him better than, you know, your your boy there. Um, So, you know, they see something maybe in Sermon, which it's an unfortunate. Like, maybe he didn't fit that scheme, but Sermon's kind of like the injury is what? Like, because he looked pretty good. That's a guy who probably should have played one more year, maybe. Because everybody had that. Everybody got extra time because of COVID, and he decided he wanted to burn it. Um, Maybe he should have played that extra year, bro. I don't know. I don't, uh, well, I will say this: he he will be behind the Eagles line if he does get a chance to start. He will be be, it's be a good place to play the best offensive line Thank in the you. league. And Thank you. Not yeah. just that; it's one of the more scheme versatile ones too. Mm-hmm. Like tell the, that to Miles Sanders for our fo- fantasy football oh, rosters, bro. Come oh. on, you have the best line. Let's figure some shit out. Well, there's a reason Miles Sanders can average uh, five yards a carry behind uh, that line because, well, he's not that good football instinct wise, but those boys can open holes for him and it's just not a scheme dependent offensive line. Like they've got big, quick mauling types and then they got really, and they're technical too. So there's not anything they can do. So no real other news than that. And uh, obviously Antonio Gibson's now uh, gets a bump because of the unfortunate incident with Brian Robinson. Someone shot the, the Dude, poor that's kid. Crazy. Was that out, outside the stadium and stuff like after practice? I mean, that was, I don't know. It was definitely, they said it was during someone was trying to carjack him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I think they were Antonio Gibson fantasy football owners. And mm-hmm. no, I'm kidding. I made that up. That's mm-hmm. bad. But whatever. That's horrible. That I was. I have a lot of shares of him because he. You could get him a, at a bargain, um, all over the place. So and and when he got what was kind of considered a starting gig, maybe, but just the, a share of that backfield. Super exciting. So what what do we have to wait now? How many weeks is he going to be out? At least four. So he's going to be four. on the pup. Considering yep. the alternative, I mean, the guy got right. shot. You know what I mean? It could have been. A whole hell of a lot worse. Literally shot in the ass. It's yeah. not funny, yeah, but he did. Yeah. And the glued and in the, you know, yeah. the, the and hey, just remember if you're ever in that situation and someone wants your car and they have a gun, allow um, them to have your car. Yeah. I'd rather not get shot in the ass, so just take the car. It's insured. I, I'm sure it was a nice car. Probably. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. I, but, look, yeah. I've talked about it before. Like, you know, I kind of hope I get a flesh wound while I'm at work so I can get some paid <laughs> vacation. 
but right it's just a paper cut shane no no no, i need some time off but uh yeah if someone tries to carjack me in my own personal (laughs) car they are free to have it if they have a gun yeah you can take the car the the bigger weapon the more uh, you know the greater the chance i give it to you exactly um you know shane i always have a lot of fun talking to you on these shows you're always fired up to talk fantasy football i want to know because we didn't tell our listeners Who's joining us tonight? And they're not in the room with us yet, but who is coming on and why did we invite them? Why did you invite them? So a couple guys I I really like. Uh, One guy I got to hang out with a lot um, two or three weeks ago, whenever the expo was. It feels so long ago. Actually, two years running, I got to hang out with him a little bit. Um, But a lot this past year. Uh, It's our buddy Herms at Herms NFL. Uh Um, And one of the things I love about Herm is his voice. my dude's got a voice that is actually built for radio, right? Does he so have that, a voice of an angel like you do? Whiz wit, whiz wit out. It is. It's, it's better than that, that though. Come better on, than really? that. Yeah. Yeah. It's less obnoxious. Um, and, you know, look, I thought I just wanted to have a fun episode, right? Herms is fun to me. Herms is a fun guy. He's a smart guy. He's also right. a fun guy, right? And then, you know, when I had Herms, I had his voice rattling around in my head. And I said, you know, outside of Michael Sipes, you know, because he's the greatest host ever. Happiest guy ever. And and he's the greatest host ever, Michael Sipes. But who, if, you know, Michael Sipes was ever to sundown, who might I recruit to to replace him? Who's also a very great host with a great voice. And uh, I thought, you know what? No one better than uh, my dude, Cal, at Calvin and Hobby. Uh, He's a writer for DLF. Um, He's got a bunch of kids. Um, he hosts the DLF mailbag, uh, YouTube show. Um, and real quick, I, I didn't give Herms a shout out. He writes for, uh, football F ball absurdity. He's a fantasy pros writer, fantasy six pack at the lateral FF and, uh, something about thrive fantasy, but he doesn't write for them. I don't believe they write, but I, I can check with him when he gets it. Ah, you don't need to write. Michael yeah. Sipes is proof of that. Got to focus on what you're good at. Well, Cal is in here, Calvin and hobby. I know him from some leagues that I've been in Cal. I need to know your, your full name. Cause I know it's not Calvin middle name and last name hobby. So it reminds you of Calvin and Hobbs, like the old, you know, cartoon, but what's your full name, sir? It's Calvin and hobby. <laughs> yeah, that's a great one. Yeah. I my my first name is Dynasty. Uh last name is yeah. Madman. I will not share my middle name with you. Okay. I um no, it's Cal Shoemake. And yeah, it's uh yeah, it. most yeah. of my obviously everything can be found at Calvin and Hobby, but I appreciate that. Shane, that's a nice intro. I appreciate that. I got the DL DLF YouTube. I did say YouTube, right? DLF YouTube live every Tuesday mailbag. Um a great show i've actually been on there before it's uh it's calvin and hobby well just cal um tyler carp a good buddy of ours that we've known forever and addison hayes i believe is a the co- newest co-host that they just added to the rotation the mix a couple weeks back oh, that and, young fella yeah mm-hmm. addison's obviously one of my favorite people in the industry one of the guys Very I smart guy put together the dlf uh draft guide with uh the last two years and then hey it looks like we've got another guy with a sexy voice in here uh, that just popped up. He's in here. We're waiting for you. He's, Herms. He's got to say hi. Oh, yeah. That, that, hi. Hello. See, I'm very experienced with this. Clearly, just so well, yeah, done this yeah, so I see times. the Maryland flag behind you, right? That's that's the, the, the University of Maryland. Is that it? Uh, I mean, they've kind of adopted it, but I mean, it's the state. The whole state. Yeah, right. But, yeah. Know, they've really of incorporated Maryland, yeah. that. Of course, yes. Yeah. 
Well, I got to be honest with you. If I lived in Maryland or if I went to college in Maryland, I would say, look, this is our flag because um, we went to college and we earned it. And I would tell the non-college uh, folks that they need to get us a, a different flag. A different flag? Yeah. They can't carry that one? Yeah. I'd be like, you have to get a non-college flag. Not that, not saying that we're better than you. We just have a different flag. Right. Herms, your first name is? Herman? No, uh, kidding. No, no, no. That is uh, that is my last name, actually. I That's a good guess, then, huh? No. First <laughs> so name? Just, uh, Charles. Charles Herman. Well, good to meet you. I, we haven't run into each other much. Shane was sharing that he's hung out with you before and uh, excited to have the conversation we're having tonight, uh, the topic at hand that he's excited to talk about. Uh, you know, the NFL season, I'm not sure if you guys were aware, but it's only one week away. In fact, less than a week away, we'll be watching the game. I mean, who knew, right? I just looked that up. Wild. <laughs> Crazy stuff. So so what do you want to talk about, Shane? What is what is the topic du jour? So the topic du jour, and I put a lot. Look, I, I thought about this all, um, well, while I was at my, <laughs> all, all day. yesterday for like 15 minutes while I was at my kid's, <laughs> my, my, my kid's school orientation. Um, Brainstorming. His teacher's talking. If his teacher was hot, I probably would have been paying attention, but she's not. But I'm sure I she's mean, a nice, I'm sure she's a lovely lady. Um so anywho, I was like, you know what, what do I want to talk about tomorrow night? And I said, you know what, it'd be a fun topic. Just what do I want to see in 2022? What am I looking forward to? Like, that's it. Just that mm -hmm. simple. Could be anything. It, fantasy football related, of course. Like, right, right. Yeah, <laughs> not just in general. Yeah, yes, not just yes. in general. Let's be specific. Yes. Here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like there's lots of, never mind, I won't get into that. But yeah, no, I just was wondering. And I thought, you know, that's a fun topic. So it's I, a happy topic. Like yeah, we have to stay optimistic because then you're not talking about what you're looking forward to. Exactly. You're totally off track. So I, I, I was like, all right, so let me get my boy Herms. Let me get my boy Cal in here, reached out to them, got them in here. Great story though. Jeremy goes, what's Herms first name? And I go, I have no idea. Um, I mean, but... and it doesn't matter, but I always like to know <laughs> it's a secret. <laughs> it's a secret. So anyway, that's the topic tonight. What are you looking forward to in fantasy football relations in 2022? So, I mean, are, are we going to have an order? Are you going to kick us off, Shane? And then everyone else can take a turn. I'll go last because I, I want to save time for all three of you to get your um, thoughts in. But I think you should probably start us off, Shane. All right. So this is a subject that if anyone's listened to us for any amount of time, if anyone's ever re read anything I've ever written, I think I've <laughs> written every article I've ever written has at some point, even if it has nothing to do with running backs, there's a line in there about getting rid of old running backs just for no reason at all. It's just for no reason. Yeah, like I, I, I'm probably going to get a tattoo on my chest. It's just like never RB over 26. <laughs> right. Um, but What's interesting is, you know, a couple of people have made the argument to me in the past that, well, you know what, maybe it's not really the age. Maybe it's just that the running backs sucked prior to this group. And they'd point out, you remember Matt Forte, you remember Jamal Charles, you remember. They Bruce were Thomas. memorable. They scored remember a ton of a shit ton of points. LaDainian Tomlinson. Remember, you know, so they name every Marshall Falk, every old running back that ever produced. Um Fred, Fred Gore, who played until he was 90. Yeah, right. Fred Jackson was so they one, said, too. Maybe it was just the class. Remember, the, the previous era of running backs were led by Bishop Sankey, and that was as good as it got. So maybe that's why, you know, the, this class is different. So that's what I'm watching this year. I've done a number of articles, uh, including on the DLF. Um, what do you call that thing? The draft guide. Just looking at running back uh, production over the last three years. 
And what I found was not surprisingly, uh, once you hit the age of 26, you're done producing as a top 12 running back. There's some caveats to that. I put that you have to play at least eight games because, well, it's my article. Yeah, you I'll might still be a good running back. It's just limited right. because like, like, of mm -hmm. the age, so, the mileage. The, yeah. Right. So like last year, Derrick Henry would have been a top, well, I think he would have been the RB1 if he if he would have played enough games when he yeah, didn't yeah, fit that criteria. And I noted that in my article. And I said, well, even if we counted him, that gives you one, suckers. That's it. He would have been the only running back under the age, uh, excuse me, over the age of 26 um, that had a top 12 season in the past three years. Based on my criteria of having to play at least, I believe it was eight games. So I know Herms had some thoughts on this. And maybe Herms can identify some of the old people as I like to call them. And what's great about this is the running old backs, being right? over age 26. Apparently yeah. every one of these running backs is probably like a month older than Herms and I'm calling them old people and I consider Herms young. So it's very <laughs> weird. Yeah. It's interesting because by this measure, I am ancient at the age of 27. So that's, that's fun. Uh, but you know, it, it is something that, you know, we did kind of talk about because when you hit me up, you're like, Hey, what's something you're looking forward to? And it intersected perfectly. Cause like, I think from a broad sense, like even zooming out the lens a little bit from what you were talking about in the NFL, we just see like the talent cycle of like the elite level guys at the different positions. I mean, obviously a quarterback, if you're at that, you know, top tier, you're going to stick around much longer wide receiver. We talk about that a lot for dynasty building around wide receivers, just because that shelf life is so much longer. But when we look at these running backs, you know, you're right. Like there's a lot of situations where it's like, Oh geez, these guys are about to see that turnover. We look at like the 2017 class, um, like that we always reference it like they're getting older you know like i see at some point on the horizon like yeah for this year do we feel good about dalvin cook sure this year i a lot of people seem to be on the christian mccaffrey train i completely get that sure but he's my age that's not gonna last forever and even you know like alvin Kamara, like one of my favorite players in the world like i would love to see this dude play for the rest of time but obviously odds of that happening like it, for him to have a Frank Gore-esque career, very unlikely. And to couple that with the fact that we are about to see another surge, like influx of talent from the college level in next year's class, but also the 2024 class. I mean, like that oh, from Ohio State, Travion Henderson, and he's yes. the, but even like 20, you know, that next year, 23, I mean, Bijan, Robinson, Sean Tucker. I mean, like there's a dude, there's so a many of guys coming out 23, 24 running backs. Yeah. So like for me, I think the thing that I'm most interested in, because like I am by no means like a Debbie person or anything, but like I do, I've written one Debbie article and I do spend a lot of time like looking at college running backs specifically because I'm just enamored by the position, like sure, seeing yeah. how good they are and seeing like which guys kind of start to show signs because getting a good idea of what teams are going to be in the market for these running backs and doing even just that surface level of it up top just being like okay just in the nfl landscape where are some of the available landing spots for these players and then from there you know kind of just doing the dream pairings on our head and whatnot because the draft is going to shatter all of that anyway some guys are going to go to places we want some guys aren't it's just the nature of this entire thing but that is something that i am just always fascinated by but particularly with the two upcoming draft classes i'm just like dude 
this is going to be cool because that those names at the top, it's going to have to topple down eventually, and we're going to have to pile up another one. So, and it's a disposable position. I mean, of all four positions, it's more disposable than wide receiver, which is more disposable than tight end, and more disposable than quarterback, just based on how long the good ones stick around. But Cal, what do you think about the running back um, topic that that Shane and uh, Herms were talking about? I was curious if this would be the right time to talk about Shane trading me for Dalvin Cook this offseason in the DLF hey, Podcast League. So that doesn't hold he, true. He breaks that, the mold for that. That is, and, and and when I did it, it hurt like it physically. Like, <laughs> so you know, I'm a big I'm a big Buffy the Vampire Slayer uh, fan, and I was just watching it on Comet, and Spike hugs. Uh, he was just hugging a crucifix, and he started burning. <laughs> That's what it he felt like. Right. That's, That's what it what felt like. Felt like. When I hit accept for Dalvin Cook, every, wow. you know, look, it isn't that bad. He's just like Herms pointed out, you know, he's going to be good this year. At least you have that. That's something. But Maybe I don't, you I win don't, this year. You I, I don't want to, I don't want to cut Cal off, but I will say that that hurt me deep in my soul. And it's something <laughs> I think that I knew that. I, I'm pretty I sure that's why day. I asked you. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> now, I think, so I've heard some theories that I think are really interesting. And what I'm watching for when it comes to that is, do we have the trends we have on age because there is something about getting to that point in the NFL that is different now than before? Or have we had a lesser quality of running backs over the last X amount of time that has led to that those numbers going that way? And we now, as we are getting these younger running backs who are coming in and we have some of these, you know, the the Alvin Kamara's or the, you know, the Dalvin Cook that you mentioned there, or some of the other ones that we see that do not appear to be slowing down anyway. You know, is this more of a this is the time where we've got some running backs who are going to break that mold? And I just I I love that topic, Shane, because I think it's a fascinating thing that I'm going to be watching for the next couple of years is does that shift a little bit where we think about the age a little bit differently and we're looking at something and we're making like broad, you know, uh, statements about it where that age is always going to be coming down when in reality, it's just we should have been looking maybe at the quality of those running backs who we were talking about before and that's to me like about that topic itself like that's i can't wait to see how that works itself out yeah Yeah, well said shane's like man that was so eloquent i don't know what to say (laughs) i mean well here's the thing most people sound eloquent after they speak after me anyway so i am used to it but (laughs) luckily i've been on shows with uh, cal before and herms Uh, well i don't know if i've been on the show with herms before but i've spoken to herms before so i'm not in shock when i know that they're uh uh, what do you call that intelligent um and sounded it's a very unique trait that i wish i had but um Yeah, Cal brings up a great point, man. So I looked back. Look, I've been writing about running backs being old since 2019. Since um, they were young, right? Yeah. <laughs> since, since 2019, I went back and found the article that I wrote back on a Dynasty Football Factory. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. We had it's, some fun back yeah. in those days. It's still free, so go check it out because, God damn, this is some good work that I did. But um, <laughs> I yeah, probably so- edited it. The RB, tw- uh, the top 12 RBs aged from 2012 to 2015 was uh, 27.75. Three years after that, it dropped two more years. And then last year, excuse me, over the last three year stretch, uh, you're going to probably have to edit this. So it was but... under 20, it was under 26 years after that. And then what's next? It's okay. It's fine. Keep going. Well, now I got to find the, the article. Oh, yeah. Take your time. Seven of them up. 
but oh. it did drop 25.75 i mean just under 26 which is your margin there uh, i mean your benchmark there yeah so top 12 scoring boo, 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 do, 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 whatever um oh i'm sorry um the top 12 scorers were all between 22 and 26 just about um with 47 percent of top 12 running back seasons over the last three seasons coming specifically at the ages of 25 and 26 at the start of the season. Yeah. So that's um, like the apex. That's like literally, the prime, the prime. And also. The and, and, and that's the thing. And that it's that's literally, the yeah. literally the apex because immediately after that you had Mark Ingram had a top 12 season back in 2019 off of like 30 touchdowns off of eight receptions, whatever the math is. I'm not sure that that's correct. And then, like I said, you could have add, added Derrick Henry to that mix if you wanted to include him because he only played eight games because um, he would have been RB1, I believe, last year, if not for the games played. But it's just, I don't know. I I, I, I see things so binary, right? Like, that's my thing. I love, like, if this, then that. So mm -hmm. I love the fact, like, all right, 26, you're dead. You know what I mean? Like, to, to me, my mind is like, that's beautiful. Like, I almost don't want any of these 26-year-olds, 25-year-olds, uh, or especially the 26, 27-year-olds. I don't want the 27-year-olds to do well this year. Yeah, based like, on what you were saying, brain. you want the 26-year-olds, at least yeah, while, during their age 26, and then they drop off. You're right. going to have to have right. at least one or two of them if you expect to win. I mean, so, uh, at some point, that's just the price you pay. You keep them. Maybe maybe you have to sell lower the following year, but maybe you won. But so you're saying once 27, they hit that year 27, yeah. you do not want that running back. So here's a guys. I just went into the top 36 ADP. No particular reason I'm using ADP other than I felt like it. Uh, Christian McCaffrey. Uh, oh, no, he's 26. Excuse me. Alvin Kamara, Derrick Henry, Aaron Jones, Leonard Fournette, Ezekiel Elliott, uh, Austin Eckler. And yeah, that's it. I got to be rooting against all those guys because they're all 27. So... Now, do you want one of those players, though, Shane? If you're a piece away mm -hmm. from being the best team in your league, at least in your mind, you think you're you're going to the title game, and you're a piece away, you need a running back, you're not going to pay for Derrick Henry, Austin Eckler, Ezekiel Elliott, thinking that those, those guys are going to have this great season this year. You're not willing to do that because they're tw over 26 years old. That's basically, mm -hmm. that's it, right? I mean, yeah. that it's it's your bylaw. If you're I find yeah. If I am absolutely true to my convictions and don't hedge, I would I'd roster absolutely none of those players. Um, what about you guys? You guys feel like that? Or are you willing to make a concession to get a title just for the short term? I've got a fun fact that's pertinent. If you would like to hear the fun fact, because uh, I've, I've been talking about this a lot recently. <clears throat> I was particularly about Derrick Henry, though. Um, I, I wrote about this for an article recently on FantasySixPack.net. Uh, check it out. Oh, wearing the hat. Oh, yeah. Uh, but. Sitting at age 28 right now, I, I went in, shout out Stathead, great place to look up stuff and numbers and whatnot, great database. Running backs in the last decade at the age of 28 or older, there have been 11 to put up a season of 250 or more PPR points. Hmm. And the last time this happened was 2017, and it was LaShawn McCoy with the Bills and uh, Mark Ingram in tandem with uh, Alvin Kamara in New Orleans. So for Derrick Henry to do this, he would, you know, I mean, it, he, he would be bucking a trend that has been out there for quite yeah. some time. And in particular with that foot injury, like with, and also another thing that I wrote in that article in his career so far, he has an 11 to one rush attempt uh, to target ratio, 
And in contrast, another workhorse running back, Ezekiel Elliott, uh, rush attempt to target ratio 4.4 to one. So a lot of these, you know, hits that he's taking to his body. I mean, like those are rushes up the middle. It's not out in open space where like because being landed on by like a lineman or something hurts a lot more because like if you're out running full speed and open, I saw it on sports science once that ESPN thing they used to do. If you're running full speed, the other guy's running full speed. It'll end a lot better. I don't know. I don't understand science. Look it up. But that the point being like, not even just like the 26th thing, but like, if you are going to buy in, I would maybe go one year over that because especially like even 28 in that research that I did, I'm like, yikes, man, this is not. Yeah. It gets ugly fast. Those guys just don't have a long shelf, like shelf life. So let's say someone's listening to this and they're like, you know what? Shane Herms, you know, these guys, what they're saying about running back age cliff really means something to me, but I have Ezekiel Mm -hmm. Elliott. I have Derrick Henry. Cal, Cal, what do you do with those guys? Like right now, are you, what and and Shane and, and Herms, what do you do with those players? What are you turning that into right now to matter for this season, or are you not worried about this season? Like in Dynasty, what are you what are you going to tell people to do if they own those players and the season's a week away? Let's say you find somebody like Shane that is a hypocrite and will trade for a Dalvin. <laughs> <laughs> okay, that's the best part. <laughs> no, and I, and I think like. Regardless of so what I was saying in there about their production, I think that is something I'm definitely watching. However, the reality is, regardless of what the production is going to be, the ADP and the value that you can get for these players is not going to catch up quickly to whatever that product. So that those production trends would have to be significant and long lasting for dynasty players to value them more. And I think that's the biggest reason why you try to look for an opportunity to get rid of some of these guys. And I will say there is a point where when you're in a championship window that the difference between dynasty value and production value means go buy them. And I think, you know, James Conner is a pretty good example of that right now. Yeah. Or Derrick Henry, I think, is a good example of that. Now, I would not do that preseason. This is a pretty big thing for me. Like, you know, regardless of whether you want to go after them, whatever, wait and wait till closer to your trade deadline, those 23 first or second or whatever it is are not going to lose value between now and then, but that running back that you acquire could. And so I think the smart thing, if you're a championship team, legitimately a championship window, then that one piece is not necessarily going to be the thing that's going to keep you out of the playoffs. Don't worry about having the best looking team on day one. Worry about winning the championship, which means hang on, wait, and then acquire that first during the season or acquire that running back during the season, if that makes sense. Yeah, no, that's, that's a great point. Do you, do you agree with that? I mean, is, I think that's really good advice. I'm not buying running backs. No, I, I'll buy running backs in season. Look, so yes, I'm all about selling the running backs. The fact that I bought Dalvin cook in the summertime is just obnoxious and I, I need to put it out there. Uh, that's I own him in two leagues and that's only one of them. Uh, that's one of them. And uh, I, I own Aaron Jones in a couple leagues, but no Zeke. Oh, I love Aaron no, no Jones. No Fournette. But... Like, I have one Eckler. Um, I have like Eckler very few. by the way, in that same league. <laughs> no, I mean, no. it's, it's yeah. the predominance of pass catching, kind of like he gets a little bit like, more extended life. I mean, he's still getting hit and stuff, but I don't know. Those passing backs seem to hold their value just a little bit longer. But it's kind of like Cal said, right? When I trade for these players, when I trade for these running backs, my expectation is they're going to be absolutely useless as an asset after <laughs> this run. Like whatever I'm getting them for, is it for this playoffs? You know, am I trading in the in the last four weeks of the season just to make a playoff run? Mm-hmm. And I, I you got to make your bones with that. Like you got to be like, all right, this is what I'm giving up. 
And it's going to be interesting this year to see with the hype of the 2023 class, if people are still going to be like, you know what, I'm going for the title. I'm going to give up a 23 pick for this old running back. It's going to be very interesting, um, yeah. especially if these old guys are producing these elderly gentlemen. And what you guys are saying, really, it, it just um, reinforces and it's a longstanding sort of drafting strategy that, uh, you know, in rookie drafts that, you know, you scoop up the best running backs in the draft at the top of it. I mean, even in super flex, right? The quarterbacks always, maybe you trade back the quarterbacks always carry that value, but in one quarterback leagues, it was just never a, th- uh, a question. You, you went for the young running backs so that you had new guys to put in and you, you know, you traded the, those other assets, those older guys. I don't think that really, we, we talk about the trends with running backs, but that's kind of been something we've done for a long time. We were, we were content in early dynasty leagues to like get that running back young. And then, you know, you have them for maybe five years, like to, to Shane's point, 21 to 26 and, and then done. And, and that's kind of like the, the shelf life for that position. They get beat up so badly. So, I mean, I think it all kind of holds true and it's just, um, you know, it's one of those things that I want, you know, the guys, I want Brees Hall, you know, I want these guys, um, the, the, in, in this class, even, you know, Rashad white, I'm trying, I'm going out of my way to make sure that I'm getting some, and I think there are a lot of running backs in this class that are going to be relevant, but I, I went out of my way to make sure I'd get like even Jerome Ford, just, um, you know, running, running backs, young ones, because they're, I mean, you're just always, you're looking for backups. You're looking for handcuffs. So it, it's easy to do that too. It's easy to go in your draft because the classes aren't really shallow at running back. Generally, there's always another guy teams, all the college teams have running backs. There's lots of talent at that position. I feel like it's one of those easy things. Sell the old guy, get the young guy. I mean, not to, not to like try to boil the ocean and, and then just make a blanket statement, but I feel like that's easy easy to do churn the running back somebody always wants ezekiel elliott or derrick henry especially in season like how you were saying um so i mean i'm fine with that what about well we didn't give you guys a chance to say what you're looking forward to in 2020 yeah i don't Shane, i mean that's I don't wanna, good stuff i don't, don't want to monopolize it but that's definitely what i'm <laughs> going to be watching is the uh old running backs running backs of 27 and older. yeah me too so who's next? Let's go with, uh, I'm going to pretend I'm hosting. I'm going to go with Calvin. <laughs> we are. We're trying to fill in for Mike. Calvin's biting at the bit, chomping at the bit, as it were. Yeah, his turn. Yeah. It's, I, I've got so many things I'm looking forward to, but one of the things that I think is like the the most interesting to me is the second-year quarterbacks, because I think all of them have something interesting <laughs> going you. on with them. Thank yeah. you, yes. The Trevor Lawrence, you know, going from Urban Meyer and the pit that he was in with that guy – to Doug Peterson, and we'll see, right? Like Shane knows Doug Peterson pretty well, and one of the things that's going to be interesting to me is goes from Urban Meyer running one of the slowest offenses in the league to Doug Peterson, who likes to turn that tempo up. And is that going to be good things for him? And he gets Travis Etienne back, and you know, I mean, if you had to guess what his um, rookie season would look like based on college, you would have never guessed that, right? Like what we got was never what we would have thought. And can he turn that around? And does that look like a little blip on the radar? Or does that show us something that when we look back, we're like, oh, we should have known. He threw, what, eight touchdowns and 10 interceptions or something. We should have known. That was ridiculous. Why did we buy back in? Um, Watch him. Trey Lance, obviously, with everything going on with him, you know, just not even getting rid of Jimmy G. They just, he's still in the room. Uncle Jimmy, he's still there. Yeah. 
is he the kind of competitor that's going to go out there and say, you know what, like, I like that he's here because that's going to keep me on my toes and keep me working and keep me, you know, pushing forward. Whereas I think a lot of people are thinking like, oh, because he's there, he's somebody that's going to be scared. Look, he didn't get to the NFL by being some scared competitor and scared of competition. So I, I don't like that narrative at all. These guys are built very different than we are. And they love that kind of competition. If he is scared off by that, he's not the guy we think he is in the first place. He ain't scared. Um, we're scared. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, Mac Jones. Goodness gracious. What the heck is going on in New England? Matt Patricia is calling plays. What? I know. Really? Didn't he used to be a defensive guy? Yes. And he's a co-offensive coordinator all of a sudden. And like, it just like the beat writers, if you pay attention to them, like they've been ringing the bell on this for a while and they have to be kind of nice to uncle bill, but they are just acting like what the heck is going on? Why isn't this offense still installed? Why does Max still seem so confused? What's, you know, and he had such a great rookie year. What is this change going to mean? Not having Josh McDaniels, obviously Justin Fields and the literal lack of like anybody competent outside of Darnell Mooney, seemingly like what the heck is going on there. And then Zach Wilson gets a bunch of weapons and then he gets hurt. And then he's got his Garrett Wilson talking about how Joe Flacco throws so much better ball than that him. is maybe the worst comp worst like thing all off season. But keep yeah. going. I just I, that was laughable. Like what happens with these guys? Where does their dynasty value go? Because I could I could tell a story where all of them go up into the top five, just about, yeah. and all of them yeah. bottom out. You know what I mean? Like it's yeah, just you could make those... the case either way. It's like devil's right. advocate could really tear that up. But so what do you? Th who are you looking for in you know to to be good from that class? Because there's a lot of a lot of characters there, and almost everyone has a different idea of who who they like. I mean, Shane likes Justin Fields. I've always been a Justin Fields guy. Thought he had, I thought he was the best overall prospect all around. Not that, you know, um, you know, there were, there were things to be said for Trevor Lawrence. And I still think that he's got the best um, makeup to be um, a fantasy relevant guy for us and him, him and Trey Lance. But that, that's me. What do you think? Because it's a hot topic for you. And, and it's one of my favorite topics for 2022 is how that those guys are going to pan out this year. Trey Lance you know, is my year. favorite. I, I don't yeah. care. I guess like that Jimmy G is still there. Like I, I have been trying to, I, I think he's been one of the most impossible people to go acquire in dynasty. Like even, like, I don't, I don't think the ADP represents what you can trade him for him. You know, I think people are, I think most people that have him are holding on and just, you know, ready, ready to see what happens when this, when this all takes off. I, like I've acquired more Kyle Pitt shares this off season than Trey Lance, which tells you a little bit. Yeah. About right. They're both hard to acquire. <laughs> yeah. Trevor Lawrence is is then my second favorite, where I just am excited to see this difference, this change in offense coordinator, what it means for him, like speeding the offense up, getting his, you know, safety blanket and Travis Etienne back. You know, what what does that help? Like, how does that produce, you know, move things forward? He's got Evan Ingram. Like, is that something? Can that be a thing? Can he bring Evan Ingram back to life? That would be amazing. Um, and then Zay Jones, like what a great story there. There's so many cool things around that, but those two guys are probably my favorites. Justin Fields, I almost feel like if he manages to look competent this season, it's a win. And, you know, that he may become a buy at some point during the season. Um, and at some point, hoping that they build an offense around him. And then, you know, the other two, Mac Jones, I'm just, I'm completely scared of and not really his fault. Just the, I just think the everything going on around him is terrible. It's just... I, I hate it. Not working in his favor. Just, just wait huh? and see, you know. So, 
one thing about Justin Fields, and I only know this because I wrote an article for Redraft for Fantasy Data, so I was looking at later round picks um, in single quarterback leagues. Um, in four of out, out of his last five games played last year, he finished as a QB 10 or better. Um, and in like two of those weeks, he was the QB five. And like, honestly, what has changed worse? You know what I mean? Like Matt Nagy's gone. Yes, the line is still awful. Darnell Mooney is still really the only target. Although I guess, you know, you could say at least they have professional-ish wide receivers, even if they're more wide receiver fours and fives. That shouldn't be twos, and they are on that roster. But I'm really excited to see what Justin Fields does. I think I think he showed last year he improved significantly as the year went on. Like it was night and day. Like he is mm -hmm. his passing uh Completion percentage, uh, adjusted yards per attempt, uh, yards per completion all increased significantly over the final five games of the season. So I'm really – of his season, excuse me. I'm really looking forward to him. I'm scared out of my mind of Trevor Lawrence because of how bad he was last year. Um, but fun fact, uh, Carson Wentz was a 26-point game-a-week uh, fantasy player under, Car under Doug Peterson in his second season. Yeah, based on the, you know, the, the word of mouth for the draft, and I know there are different things happening around it, but it was Trey and Trevor, Trevor and Trey. I mean, those were the two players that people were most excited about in drafts and stuff. You know, Zach Wilson, when he got drafted high, that, you know, that played a factor. But yeah, I think I, I think it's going to be an interesting season. Herms, what do you think about these quarterbacks? Uh, anything to add? Uh, I'm sure you have some thoughts on this class. I mean, I can I can hear the the listeners already yelling at me just through my through my headphones <laughs> just because it's like yeah it's like oh well go going with the hipster move the shirt but at the same time look okay I'm very interested in what Davis Mills is going to do okay I know we're talking about the, the bigger name you know quarterbacks from this class but like first of all looked pretty decent second yeah, of all did. I'm also like weirdly a Pep Hamilton stan because like <laughs> it's been noteworthy like in the past like his you know work aiding in the development of Andrew Luck his tenure as the quarterback coach with the Chargers like even you know the coaching staff said like hey him working with Justin Herbert was like super helpful and you know like this is something that he just kind of has in his back pocket and I remember when it. yeah and like mm -hmm. you know I remember when the Steelers were looking to hire an offensive coordinator I mean we eventually you know went with Matt Canada but I think Pep Hamilton came in for interviews twice and I was like this could be really interesting you know to see what he could do with whoever the next person is after Ben obviously that didn't work out so like the fact that he's in that situation now as the offensive coordinator getting to work with an interesting kind of toolsy guy with Davis Mills that we all got to take really late in rookie drafts I think what I'm really the most interested in is like if you're if you because obviously because you invested so low in it, it's like the ROI reverse limbo of how high can it go? You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> sure. Yeah. He's a value in a crazy value in startup drafts, too. We've seen. Mm -hmm. So I like, mean, you know, because all these other guys like, you know, we talk about them, they come up a lot. And because of that, obviously, those investment costs are much higher, like you said. So. If Davis Mills can continue to show something and he gets the opportunity beyond this season, then it's just like, well, 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 look at what we found ourselves here. I, I'm here for it, man. I just yeah, I love it. I love that you said that. And back to Mac Jones, just real quick, you know, behind uh, Fields and uh, Lance for me is Jones. I mean, I I know it's 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 bleak right now, but I, I really I, and I wasn't a big fan when he came out. But after last year and some of the things that I've seen and read and just I mean, I have high hopes, for it, certainly for an, as an NFL quarterback anyway, we'll see for fantasy. But he's he's higher on my list than I ever expected right now, you know, in rankings. But um, 
Shane, should we should we move on to the next uh, the next topic? The ne- I mean the next. I, I do want to give Herms a shout out for the the Davis Mills talk because yeah, yeah he's he's not sexy, right? Like Dave, not Herms. Herms is sexy, but Davis Mills is <laughs> not definitely not sexy, right? But he's he is a guy that I've been like secretly like I'm okay if he's my QB three in Superflex. Like I I'm not, I'm okay with that. Like I mean, he's I, got a job, right? Well, there, that's the big part of it, right? He's got a job. Second he's, year guy with a job. Come on. He was cheap to acquire, right? No one's going to really generally, no one's going to give you, I mean, Tyler Gunther did it in one of our leagues. He gave up a first for him, but most people aren't going to give you a first for Davis Mills. It's kind of like, you know what? I'm going to roll this dude out there. Maybe he's the next uh, Derek Carr. I'm not saying stylistically, just as, as a value. And then I'll just keep throwing him out there every year. And he'll be, a, you know, look, he'll give me a peak season of QB 13. And that'll be a great year, but I paid nothing. So I love the Davis Mills and I love all the quarterback talks because that was so much fun last year. We all tried to erase it from our memories um, after what happened with Zach Wilson flaming out and Trey, uh, Trey Lance not getting the play. Trevor Lawrence looking like ass cheeks, uh, Matt Nagy trying to uh, murder Justin Fields. Like we all like just like forgot about all last At summer. least for Trevor, you don't have to worry about that sophomore slump. Like there's yeah. nowhere to go but up. He, he's got the monkey off of his back, so to speak. He can just focus on football. I think it's a great position for him with everybody that, you know, was brought in into Cal's points earlier. But we, we need to find out what Herms thinks about 2022, what, you know, what he's looking forward to. Got to get your take too. We're already 45 minutes in. Yeah, I mean, it's it's kind of a – it's a little bit in 2022 specifically and then like a little bit beyond because like I'm interested to see what happens specifically with like Pat Fryermuth and Kyle Pitts because these are guys that exploded as rookie tight ends people were really excited about. And then on the horizon, we had the guy from Notre Dame, I think Michael Mayer, I think, and then Brock Bowers out of Georgia. We're not too far from him. So but like how rare it is that we see rookie tight ends immediately, you know, spring into action. Like if these two continue to keep doing, you know, the things that they've been doing, because mind you, like I said, already established Steelers fan, like Juju Smith-Schuster and Eric Ebron had to get hurt for Fryermuth to find the field. Right. So like when I, whenever I talk about him, I, I don't pick week six as some arbitrary start date. Like that's when it started from week six until he got concussed in that Thursday night game against Minnesota that, pretty much just ruined the remainder of his season from a healthy standpoint, led all tight ends in red zone targets, receptions, yards, and touchdowns. That's a rare thing to see. And then Kyle Pitts doing Kyle Pitts things, obviously nuts. So like kind of my, like I'm interested to see what they do just because I hope they do well, but my fear of what the possible ramifications of that is because of those other couple names of, you know, premium tight end prospects that are, you know, on the horizon do people get caught up in the narrative of just like, oh, forget everything we do about the rookie tight end thing. They can produce right away because we saw two people do it. And they, you know, because like that's honestly my biggest fear. That is my biggest fear. Because they had the opportunity. Lots of guys have the opportunity, but those two sees it and they performed well. Not not all of those guys do, even given an opportunity. And that's, I mean, it's it's the position. But yeah, that's fair because people are going to think that about every tight end. Kate Otten notwithstanding because he's apparently the number one tight end. And Well, are we just going to ignore Daniel Bellinger? Okay. Oh, no, he's doing well too. Yes, that's no, we're not going to ignore him. But I mean, you know, but the, the point remains what Herm said. I mean, it's, Herm's, you got to um, remember that. I got bad news for you, man. We're uh, me and Jeremy and Cal too, even though he doesn't look at or of an age that we remember um, 
when uh, a, t- a rookie tight end smashed and we thought that that meant that more could do it. We thought Evan, <laughs> we thought Evan Ingram, David and Joko, OJ Howard, and they, um, just being drafted so highly, they were going to be super successful. And yeah. which one was successful? Shane? Yeah. It's none of them. I don't know. Uh, OJ Howard uh, was cut by the Buffalo bills and uh, assigned to the Texans uh, practice squad, I guess. I, Only I because know. they realized Pharaoh Brown was a mirage, I guess. I don't know. Kind of bad news for Revan Jordan. Too. I mean, like, not like I'm not. I'm not I, saying immediately we have to just cast huge him in the fan trash of his bin, too. But yeah, but it's like, oh no, like I, if you know, what, yeah. I, if OJ Howard didn't flame out completely, flame out like his his career path is literally just like so that, good in college, that is. so good, and so great in college. And his first two seasons, actually, he was really good on like a uh, yards per reception, at least. And I, that's what I was banking on. I'm like, all right, when this guy gets healthy and then he's just trash, he's just literal trash blowing across the field. And Buffalo was like, you can't even back up Dawson Knox, bro. You are out of here. Wow. I, I just don't want us to do this again. You know, because like you said, that that 17 class, it's like, oh, no, oh, no, oh, no. Because yeah. anytime sweeping narratives just get everybody confused and we're just like, this is the new norm. Like uh, it, the, the Cam Akers Achilles thing is another example of those things that like a one thing happens and we're like, yep, this is it now. And I'm like, guys, guys, <laughs> what know, are we right? doing? A like, great class for tight ends, though, this rookie class. I was fine, you know, in the third and fourth round picking up guys you know isaiah likely even charlie kohler because you know the ravens i mean they have a knack for finding guys who are really good and then guys that aren't so good and ship them out so you you know you take your chances but they 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 have a knack for drafting tight ends and and they're going to use them but i mean there are a lot of players i mean bellinger being one there were a lot of guys coming out at that position that you know some of them that you know weren't big household names to begin with are going to have a role. Um, and the guys we drafted last year, like you just pointed out, Jordan, Brevin Jordan and others maybe disappear. Um, and maybe the guys we're drafted now too, but it's exciting because, um, t- you know, that position is so generic overall. We like to talk on this show and Shane's pointed out, like you, you, after the top few tight ends, it's like one point difference for like giant tiers of like nine points, eight points, seven points. like, it does throw a dart. It doesn't matter which guy you draft, but yet we always try to find that gem in, in rookie drafts. It's like a fun thing for me to do. And I'm not particularly good at it. I've, I've been successful here and there, but it's just such a tough nut to crack that tight end position. Cal, what do you think about 2022 and what, um, you know, Herms just said, cause that was, that was a ballsy thing to say, Herms. I almost got a little depressed though. I wanted to hear something a little more, yeah, you know, like, what are you happy about for 2022 with tight ends or anything? So I, I think I see your smile. I'll come up Treat. with something happy later. I promise. I promise. <laughs> I, that was based on everything that Herm just said. That's why I was a little surprised Trey McBride didn't get pushed up boards a little bit going into Arizona, you know, being, you know, with what we thought of as like the last part of the first round being such a bleak dead zone right there, you know, why didn't the number one tight end who landed in a pretty decent situation get bumped up? And, you know, like we'll see, but I mean, he's another one that like with the Zach Ertz injury, like if he ends up getting like pushed into, you know, more playing time, Deandre Hopkins, not there, you know, like I know Hollywood Browns had a little bit of an injury. We got, we got, um, 
Oh shoot! Why, uh, Rondale Moore, who's running wilds like God, behind on scrimmage, kid. apparently yeah, based on yeah. everything I can find online. Negative five yard. Uh, yeah. <laughs> reception. Um, you know, does that open up an opportunity for Trey McBride to start like actually making a little bit of a of noise? And does then does then it just become ridiculous, like Herm says? But yeah, I I'm interested. So many good things. Jelani Woods like can can like the Uber athlete of all Uber athletes make a name for himself there in Indianapolis. That's what I'm, I can't wait to see that, but yeah, the Titan landscape, you know, hopefully we can find some really good gems here and, and get rid of this like divide between the top ones. Like, yeah, we need to juice that position up. We need like at least 10, 12 guys that you can draft and they matter. Even if, I mean, you know, especially in the, the bonus of PPR points, you know, that, you know, the tight end bonuses we give, because the reason we do that is because we're so disappointed with the tight ends. Mm-hmm. Like you have to, and then it makes the, the, the best players even that much more, you know, better than, than everyone else. So, um, but yeah, I'm with you. That's, that's good optimism there. Shane, I'm going to turn it over to you. I don't know if you want to talk about dynasty nerds. If you got a trade, you just, just take the steer us somewhere, man. Uh, 51 no. minutes in. Oh, uh, yeah, no, and I like it. We're enjoying it, and we can cut some of this out if we have to. Most of me talking. Just no, this battling. is great. But, um, yeah, look, man, look, the tight ends, it's always going to be this way. I think we're always just going to – it's like – because, like Herm said, it's that, that, that there's that one sexy time that it happens. So it's Kyle Pitts, and now we're already comping people to him um, in college. We're going, well, he's probably going to be the best tight end prospect since Kyle Pitts. Since Kyle Pitts, <laughs> You attach that name to like how many times did we say, well, you know, baby Gronk, like Pat Fryermuth. Well, I remember like five tight ends before him were like, well, he's kind of like Gronk. You're like, no, no, he's not. He, no one's like Gronk. Like the, these are yeah, very a guy who can animals. block like a badass and then go yeah. catch like a 20 yard reception. Rare. Kittle's done it some. He's I think the the you know, the closest example of a of a big name guy that scores a lot of fantasy points. That's like Gronk. But still, he, he he's never maintained like Gronk. He's gotten hurt more earlier in his career. Um, But yeah, I mean, it's nobody's baby Gronk. Like, stop. So yeah, I'm gonna move on that. Hey, I did make some trades though. If anybody wanted to just trash me on some trades, uh, trade not alert. Dalvin, not Dalvin Cook, definitely not Dalvin Cook. Trade. We don't need to talk about that one again. I don't even remember what that trade was. I think I won it though. That's all that matters. Um, He's not giving us a chance to say, but that's all right. Oh, here I got. I, I made a fun trade last night. Um, I gave up uh, Cortland Sutton and DJ Moore. Um, and I got back Jerry Judy and Ken. Oh, no, I, I lied. That was not the trade. We'll just scratch that 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 happened. I Did gave you just up. Just make that up. What? No, hell? no, no, no. Wrong more. Cortland Sutton and Sky Moore. Very different more. Cortland Sutton and Sky Moore. I got Jerry Judy and Kenneth Walker. Guys, tell them. Tell them who won that trade. I, I can get down with that. I see the logic. So it sounds like Herms doesn't want to offend me. He's like, oh, he's <laughs> me on the show. He's just being nice to you. Sucked. <laughs> the, I'm you glad you had it. Which more that was because that's a very different deal if it's DJ Moore. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Not even close to the same, actually. But I think so. You got the Ken Walker and Judy side. Yes. Are you team like Jerry Judy is going to be better than Cortland Sutton this year? I am one of those, um, one of the, I think there's like six of us on Twitter. Well, you um, think Judy, not just this year, you think Jerry Judy is a better player, prospect, all of it, than mm-hmm. Cortland Sutton. We've talked about that before. Yeah. So he he believes in Judy already. And then this season, I don't know if it matters, right, Channing? He's just, eventually he's going to be the better guy, as Shane's 
Yeah, I mean, long term, and I, I quite frankly, I think he's going to smash him this year too. Mm. So, man, that to me is another one that I'm looking forward to is to see. But all the reports around the connection between Cortland Sutton and Russell Wilson, I think there's a chance both could smash. And I'm ex- like, there's talk about how Russell Wilson is doing for this team, the, roughly the same thing that Peyton Manning did when he came in. And that offense was one of the best offenses we've seen for fantasy and lots of great production from a lot of people, including the tight end Julius Thomas that year. And looking at you, Albert. O, excited to see kind of what he could do as well. Maybe I love Albert. O. I hope yep. you're right about that. But yeah, I, I love, I love what I love about that trade is you got Ken Walker on, it seems like a very big discount. And because Judy and Cortland Sutton to me, we'll see who ends up being the more valuable fantasy asset going forward. You, but you upgraded, in my opinion, from Sky Moore to Ken Walker, you know, pretty well there. So that's a good bet for you, I think. And I was hoping one of these guys would bash you on that trade, but I also, so I, it's a, all three of us. I mean, I, I think you, I like the players that you got in return. Um, I think Judy's the, the better player too. But as far as Russell Wilson, I, I wouldn't worry about either guy. I mean, he supported Lockett and Metcalf. He's, he's shown an ability to support, you know, two guy, two high end scoring players. I love, Denver's offense for him so I think you know I don't know that you can go wrong with either guy I do think Judy's the better you know the better long-term asset but yeah I sometimes I just want to disagree with Shane but I'd be dishonest if I said I did but I I think that was a good get Link hey and just real quick (laughs) before we keep talking about that I just wanted to mention that trades were sponsored by Dynasty Nerds sign up using promo code TradesHQ and save 15% off your Dynasty Nerds membership. Trade well HQ, done. 15% on your Dynasty Nerds membership. Um, now that Cal brought it up, that's actually something I am very much looking forward to is the Jerry Judy versus Cortland Sutton battle of uh, 2020. Good fun. I hope they do both do well and maybe Judy ekes them out a little bit for you. You know, that's fun for you. What I hope it doesn't turn into or devolve into is remember the Alan Lazard versus... Uh, MVS debates that we had a couple years ago. You know, we we always and there was everybody one, after Adams. Who's yeah. who's the next guy? It was annoying. But we've had debates before where we're like, which wide receiver is going to hit on the team, and then neither of them did, and we're like, oh well, that's awful. I will say this: I don't, I don't want like if Jerry Judy isn't the decisive winner out of this contest, I don't want Cortland Sutton to flame out. Like I want that's not fun. I want what I what would be really fun is if Jerry Judy's a top ten wide receiver and Sutton's twenty four. So then I, gotcha. I could still say that I'm right, but the Sutton people aren't feeling too bad about themselves, but I can still point out that they were very wrong. They and were wrong Sutton's and you okay. were right. <laughs> yeah. I mean, but I guess that's the, when I'm for the, for the higher fantasy football gods, it, nothing went terribly wrong for anyone. I gotcha. Yeah. Definitely it's don't want injury. Very gracious of like you. That. Yeah. Her- Herms, where do you come down on the Jerry Judy versus Cortland Sutton? And are you going to throw in a mystery third party candidate, like a KJ Hamler? Oh, it's 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 nice that this came up because one of the things that I was uh, tasked by uh, Pat Fitzmorris, managing editor over at Fantasy Pros, one of my summer articles that I had to do was a closer look at the Denver Broncos receiving group. Well, so, my God, we are th- talking to this guy. Thankfully, nice. I actually dug really far into this. Now, I wrote it and published it before the Tim Patrick injury, so some of that stuff isn't super applicable. But if you want to look on the website and try and pull it up, a lot of the information is still super relevant. But a lot of what I found in trying to look at what this offense looks like with the influence of Nathaniel Hackett and some of his tendencies in you know what he's bringing over from Green Bay and just like 
kind of the, the middling usage of 11 personnel and the fact that it was not going to be a tremendous number of those three wide receiver sets for everybody to eat, which I think was one of the things that a lot of people were like, like we, we were all kind of salivating at the possibility of like, well, if they bring in a big time quarterback, well then of course they're just going to go with this incredibly explosive thing, but the Hackett mix, I mean, kind of just really made it. I had to narrow it down to, there are really only going to be two receivers on the field a major, well, I'd say a plurality of the time rather than majority. And, you know, and another interesting thing that I found from a sharp football analytics was a heat map of like, what do they call that? QB rating, uh, mm-hmm. like just like in different spots of the field, different a dot or whatever. So I compared the last three years of Aaron Rodgers and the last three years of Russell Wilson it was identical. Like the the types of passes and the success that they're going to have at those different a dots, you know, between the left, the right, and the center of the field. Like he's Russell Wilson's walking into something that is immediately going to work for him because he did a very good Aaron Rodgers impression the last three years that Aaron Rodgers was doing himself. And then I was looking at, okay, well, so we have a little bit of that information, but then it was said a lot in interviews, Hackett and, Wilson were just, you know, thick as thieves doing their thing. Like, we're going to work on this together and incorporate some of the things that worked for you in Seattle. What was the biggest thing that worked for him in Seattle? DK Metcalf. And then I went through and looked at some underlying metrics and stuff and whatnot. And I was just like, wow, there's a huge correlation between the archetype of Cortland Sutton and DK Metcalf. So, like, just in terms of all of that and how the offense will schematically work, I'm nervous about Judy, who was primarily a slot receiver, integrating his way into regular you know, snaps in this new scheme. But Tim Patrick was the biggest obstacle in his way. With that out of the way, I'm now changing my tune a little bit to the point where I still prefer Cortland Sutton. But everything that I said before is still true enough to the point where Jerry Judy may end up being a thing but there's still a huge possibility that it will have to be somewhere else in his career. I gotcha. And then, so Shane, also, if Jerry Judy is successful this year, you can thank the Tim Patrick injury for being right. Well, I, and I'll, I'm, just I'll, I'll, I'm just kidding, man. I mean, no, no, no. I mean, I think that's the only reason Cortland Sutton's going to be able to produce is because Tim mm. Patrick isn't there to cuck him. Oh, um, like, like Jerry Judy. And he did last year. Like they were just running gotcha. a gangbang on Cortland Sutton's uh, target share. Um, and just, just plasterizing it. But Jerry Judy actually had a ton of air yards in 2020. Um, so he's not just, just, just a, a slot guy. He's not just a, like, all right, I'm the little, I'm the little engine that could like, he's got some deep, deep, deep speed. Um, and we saw that with Lockett, right? Like Lockett isn't the, he, but he would run out of the slot and get those. I don't, I don't know what Russ would call them. Those lollipop balls is what I call them. Those just, I can see that all day with Judy. Like I could see it with, with Sutton too. I just think. I think he's going to utilize both of them that way because honestly, if you looked at how he used Lockett and DK Metcalf, like DK Metcalf was a downfield target, but not in the same way Tyler Lockett was. And I think that could be Judy. I wouldn't be surprised. But the fact that he supported both of them and to the whole Aaron Rodgers and the A dot, I mean, he was able to support both wide receivers at a high level. We wanted both. We got, you know, we were drafted Metcalf highly at, at, at a point. And Lockett was always a value. Like he never got drafted super high. Usually didn't get drafted super high. He was a value, and then he he performed greater than you know the draft spot. Russell supported both of those guys um, when he wasn't you know cooking. Uh, so, or when he was actually. Um, what else? What else? You guys got? Throw something else out. I want a good. Train. I got one. Yes. I'll, we'll stay in the AFC West because I uh, I think Kansas City the second 
season, I'll say, of Patrick Mahomes' career, this new era that he's going into post-Tyree Kill. And to some degree, like this new iteration of it's a little bit a little bit secret but of what Andy Reid wants to do with this offense because there were a lot of rumors and reports at the end of last season about how upset he was with their inability um to adapt to what defenses were doing to take away their running game and they had to convert to a short passing game and you know all of their uh, offensive weapons ended up with the lowest eight out of their careers and things like that and he immediately as soon as the season ended, got to work on revamping his offense and going into this second phase of, you know, of this Kansas City, Patrick Mahomes, Andy Reid um, deal. And they went out and they obviously got rid of Tyreek Hill, but then brought in MBS, brought in uh, Juju Smith-Schuster, drafted Sky Moore, all of whom at least they believe are going to help in the running game. And then even like some of the running concepts that he talked about, um, and that we've seen a little bit, I've seen some breakdowns on, on what he's done the preseason that looked more similar to what he did back in Philly when he was very successful there. And it just makes me really curious to see, like, I think Andy Reid is one of the smartest football coaches in the league. And I, yeah, I'm really I'm interested in, yeah, I'm just really interested in seeing what, he, like his counterpunch now and what this ends up looking like for, for him. I, with all of that said, I'm surprised they didn't go get out, go out and get a different running back, right? Like they got, I know. not to put name, but they got Ronald Jones, who might be the only person who's been a little bit more of a failure in his career than Clyde Edwards-Alaire, who <laughs> Clyde Edwards-Alaire somehow is the youngest running back on the Chiefs roster somehow, um, which is strange. But uh, yeah, it just, not to say like, I think, He's going to stop, but and I think I'm some look. I'm an LSU fan. I'm rooting for Clyde Edwards-Helaire. I'm not predicting he's going to be some stud, but with all the comments and all the different things, like what does that look like when you have Patrick Mahomes? And are they going to go to something a little bit different? And I think about that Andy Reid offense with you know with Donovan McNabb and the Brian Westbrook and the LaShawn McCoy and the, you know the, the different ways he utilized all those players. What? You know, Patrick Mahomes is obviously better than McNabb and better than anything he had there. How does that look? So I, I don't know. I'm just very excited to see what Andy Reid locking himself in a basement with a pin and a pad coming up with an offense, figuring out what does that look like when we finally yeah. have things go live in a week. Because Reid's been outsmarted in games, like mm-hmm. and, and 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 maybe not a lot, uh, but at the end of seasons and stuff. But he hasn't he he hasn't been outsmarted in like the long term. He's been one. Of, he's proven that he he's got a way to do things. He put that team together. He built it around Mahomes. And um, I I, I hope I that what you just said. So I'm excited about the Chiefs, just even given those failures you were talking about, because of Andy Reid, because he, he figures something out. He finds a way to solve the problem. And long term, you're glad, especially in fantasy football. So, yeah, yeah that, that's awesome. I don't know the running back. I mean, Jarek McKinnon, I just took him in a startup. We're in uh, Shane as like, you know, just a late round running back, like hoping he gets action in a game. And I put him in. Uh, maybe that's my 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 flex or my bye week or something. I'm not totally. But, you know, they have a bunch of guys. It's weird. They didn't get anybody, you know, noteworthy necessarily for their it, position. If Andy Reid could have no running backs on the roster, I think he would be perfectly okay with that. Like I lived with him in Philly, and like you lived with him, yeah, I lived with him for a little you, bit, like as and, a roommate. Uh, no, yes, yeah, yeah, and he ate everything. Um, 
I Andy, couldn't keep the house stocked in food. Like those are my Cheerios, man. Come on. Um, he 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 doesn't particularly like the running back position. Like he, I, I don't want to say it like that. He never used them enough for our liking. Like when we had Brian Westbrook and we had Elizabeth Sean McCoy, like I wanted them. We had Deuce Staley. We had the three-headed monster, Deuce Staley, Corral Buckholder, and I think LaShawn. I forget who was the third party of that, but whatever. I am excited to see what he's going to do in Kansas City too because, look, he looked like he was on his last legs when he left Philadelphia. Like I, I thought that dude was done. Like he, the league had figured him out. He had nothing left to give and he got a new toy in Patrick Mahomes. And he's like, Oh, this is what I've been waiting for. This is life. Right. This, I can do literally any scheme I dreamed up. I can run it. Now he gets a little too funky with it where he's like got Travis Kelsey taking snaps and you know what I mean? Like, Oh, who's going to get it? Is it going to be Kelsey Tyreek or Patrick Mahomes? And you're like, dude, can you just tuck the ball to Patrick Mahomes? You know, the, the Hall of Fame quarterback do you have? Let him do it. Like, sometimes you're a little too – he's a little cute by half. But I am excited to see what the Chiefs are going to look like, especially because I'm a big Sky Moore guy, and I kind of feel like he's going to smash. I was looking forward to here. Jerry and Ely, but, yeah, he's got guys that can run after the catch, and that's what you're kind of pointing to. I, I was excited about Jerry and Ely because, you know, he's a running back, a little guy, shifty. Like, maybe maybe he would make the team. and, he, and So, hopefully, Taxi Squad, I haven't paid attention. I, I think they cut him. But, like, you know, may, I was because I got him in like round 953 of the rookie draft. Right. Or or, you know, for free. But anyways, um, we're about an hour in. Shane, why don't you tell everybody about our Patreon account, our our patrons, our, our favorite people, your favorite people? Well, they're my favorite people. Um, I think I've made it blatantly known. Look, I stopped for a while. I stopped saying that I like patrons more than non-patrons. But I've gone back to telling the truth because I got to I got to live. I got to be honest with myself. I do like patrons better than I like non-patrons. I do love everyone that supports the show, though. So even if you can't become a patron, hey, give us a five star on Apple. I haven't asked for that in a long time. We or need on another the, one. I mean, on after the, that one star we got a while back. Yeah, we, we got, got a five. one star back. That was that was awful. Canada Maybe really hated us. eh? Yeah, he was like, oh, you guys are as terrible as uh, American bacon. And I didn't even understand what that <laughs> meant. Um, what the hell? I don't know. So, no, no. Yeah, yeah. We got the patron chat. And uh, I'm not going to lie. We grinded the hell out of that patron stuff uh, the last couple weeks. Like, they've gotten like five or six articles, podcasts, never miss a week, uncensored episodes, swag. Got some koozies out in the mail and stickers this week. So come come become a patron of the show. You'll, you'll... Hung out with them at the expo. And we're going to have another yeah. party on Zoom uh, very soon here yeah. to be so, announced. Come be a come come become a patron because it's awesome and I'll like you better. But you guys were great guests, Herms, Calvin, Hobby. I haven't spent a lot of time, you know, talking with either of you. You know, Cal, we're in um, league together. Always, always good experiences. I haven't had the pleasure of crossing paths with you, Herms. You guys are two of the sharpest dudes we've had on here in a while, and um, I'm glad I'm glad you joined us. Uh, we could talk. I'm Shane, and I could talk to you guys all night. And since. We're about to close the show. We'll just have to ask you, do you want to stick around to do the patron episode with us when we shut this down? Another Dude, absolutely. Yes, let's do it. <laughs> yes. Well, I got to find out who these favorite people of Shane's are. So, yeah, let's do it. Let's do it. Why don't you uh, run us down the, the pike and close us out, Shane? Oh, um, 
I don't really remember what Mike says. He says, uh, Jeremy, say goodbye, everyone. Oh, well, first of all, he's like, uh, you can find us. And you know what? Truth be told, you can find us at Dynasty Trades HQ everywhere. Dynasty Trades HQ on any podcast service at anywhere. That's about all there is to it. Become a patron. Find you know, find us on Twitter if you're listening for the first time. At Shane is the worst. At Dynasty Madman. Our guest at Herms NFL. Check him out. At Calvin and Hobby. Check him out. Our fearless leader on this show, driving us through to the home um, – to the to the finish line usually every week michael sipes at ff blitz check us out um you know say goodbye everybody bye everybody goodbye say goodbye, goodbye shane. everybody <laughs> goodbye shane <laughs> we'll see you next week guys take care